Hello, and welcome to our weekly message. In today's message, Pastor Myron continues our Advent sermon series titled Rediscover Christmas. This week's message is titled Finding Love in Our Differences from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. Good morning, friends who joined us online, and good morning, dear friends who have joined us in person for this joyful morning of worship. Friends, how do you spell Christmas? I want to suggest to you this morning on this fourth Sunday of Advent that Christmas is spelled L-O-V-E. On that very first Christmas, the Lord our God, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, gave to us the gift of love. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Thus far this Advent, we've lit a candle for hope and for peace and for joy and those things we experience by God's grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our focus this morning is on love and God's love for us that transforms us and that we in turn are then able to live in in our relationships with others the very love of God. So I invite you on your device or in your Bibles to find 1 John chapter 4 and verses 7 to 12. 1 John chapter 4 and verses 7 to 12. In verses 7 to 8, we see the divine source of love. And love, of course, finds its source in the very heart of God. John confesses that in verses 7 and 8 with these words. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Literally, love comes out of God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. In those verses, John declares that love comes from God and God is love. Notice that John does not say that love is God. In other words, love is not some mystical Star Wars kind of may the force be with you thing. Nor does John say God is loving because that would just mean that God does loving and nice things. Instead, he says, love comes from God or love comes out of God. God is love. Now, it was back in the early 4th century A.D. that Pope Julius I declared that December 25th would be the day in which the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ would take place. That would be the annual Christmas day. And if you were living back in that era... That's also the time in history, so historians tell us, that Christmas gift-giving kind of became a thing. And that, in terms of the example set by the Magi, of course, who came to the Lord Jesus Christ bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they think in the early 4th century, Christmas gift-giving and December 25th, those things kind of came together. Now back then, at the top of the gift-giving list would have been this item, a glass vessel etched or hand engraved. Uh, I've got a picture of it, something like that. That was the thing that people were giving back then. And an artisan would take an instrument, a tool called a car actor, actor, and he would engrave or etch into the glass various designs. And that was a very prominent gift. Now, in time, that word for the tool used to do the engraving, the character, it came to convey ideas of a mark or a distinguishing quality 
in a person. And in time, that Greek word, kaharakter, gave us our English word, character. And character is who a person is. What marks us? What's the distinguishing quality of our lives? John says in these verses, make no mistake, love marks the very heart of God. Love is one of the distinguishing qualities of God. Love is God's very character. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4 reminds us that God's love is great. It's infinite. It's deep. It's broad. It reaches to the heavens. That's how great is God's love. In 1 John 4 and verse 19... We're reminded that God's love is gracious. In other words, long before we were loving God, he was loving us. He set his affection on us. I like the way author Lisa Turkhurst puts it. She said God's love for us is not based upon us. God's love for us is placed upon us. God chose to love us. From his heart of love long before we even cared for God. And the word for love that we're talking about that's in these verses of scripture is that special kind of love. That love from heaven kind of love. That supernatural, selfless, sacrificial love that God demonstrated for us by sending his son into this world. To be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. So in the verses, we see the divine source of love, and love comes from God. And then John adds this, for the person who actually knows God by faith, for the person who is in Christ Jesus by faith and has been restored to relationship with God, such a one then is connected to the source of love. And what does that mean? That means that the Spirit of God inevitably flows this love of Christ through us to our people relationships, our spouses, our kids, Uh, Those that we work with, go to school with, those that we're friends with, who may be at a very different place in their faith journey, it naturally flows through us. Just like when you take a string of Christmas lights, you plug them in, they illuminate the darkness in a beautiful way. Uh, We're plugged in as followers of Jesus by faith to God, who is the source of love. Therefore, his love must flow through our lives to others. It can't be any other way, says John. In fact, he says conversely. The person who doesn't really care for people or isn't concerned about others or doesn't love people, well, they can't be connected then to the source of love, which is God. For God is love. Well, if love finds its source in God Almighty, he's the divine source of love, then in the next verses we see the daring sacrifice of love. The daring sacrifice of love. Verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Friends, can we begin to comprehend that incredible, that amazing day in history In which from God's heart of love, the Lord Jesus Christ, God of very God, existing in in eternity, co-equally with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, 
receiving day after day after day all that was rightfully his, the adoration of 10,000 times 10,000 worshiping angels, can we begin to comprehend that day in history, that moment in which the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, stepped out of that realm of eternity and into this world of time and space, uh, which was shattered by the deadly hammer of sin. But this happened in history. In the greatest demonstration of love this universe has ever seen, God sent his son into this world to be, as John describes it, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. The one who would be born as Bethlehem's babe and would grow into adulthood, living a perfect life, and then ultimately giving himself to an excruciating death on the cross of Calvary to make atonement or to provide a covering for our sins by his perfect life and once-for-all sacrifice. And then, as proof positive that the Lord Jesus was and is who he claims to be, and that he accomplished for us by his death everything that he said he would, he was raised to life on the third day. How glorious is the love of God that our Father in heaven would be willing to send his son into this world for us to take our place on the cross of Calvary, to die as our substitute, to be the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And this once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf becomes real and life-transforming for us when we simply receive it by faith, confess our sins, and choose to trust in Jesus as our only Savior and Lord. In another generation, in a day uh, gone by, there's a pastor of a local church. His name was Henry Carter. The church also ran a group home for special needs kids. And the pastor led that group home as well. And one day word came to Pastor Henry that one of the little dudes, Tommy, was hiding under his bed and he was refusing to come out. This happened on Christmas Eve. And uh, though the pastor was busy in preparations for services later that night, he went over to the group home. And the first thing he did is he stood by Tommy's bed and he just began to talk to him. Even though the little man was hiding under the bed, he just began to talk about the Christmas lights and the Christmas tree and the presents that were there. And what did he get from the little dude? Absolutely nothing. So he got down on all fours. And as he peered under the bed, he was met by two frightened Blue eyes. And at this point, the pastor began to talk a little bit more. And he said, well, we're going to have a great Christmas Eve dinner for you, for all the kiddos here. And what did he get from Tommy? Again, absolutely nothing. So at this point, Pastor Henry Carter lay down on the floor and wriggled underneath the bed. And he just lay there beside the little man. In the silence, for a moment that became a minute that became a little bit longer than that, and then he felt a little hand slip into his hand. And a little while later, he said, why don't we wriggle our way out from under here? It's a little bit cramped under the bed. Let's get out from under her to where a place where we can stand up. And this in time is exactly what they did. I love the story. I love this story because it's a beautiful picture of Christmas. God Almighty had declared his glory and his love through the majesty of creation. And you drive one hour west of here and you see the glory of God. It's all around us. And God Almighty had declared his glory and his love through the message of the prophets. 
But our God went one glorious and amazing step further. He became a person. God took on a body and stepped into our world. And when we were hiding under the bed in our brokenness, in our sinfulness, in our confusion, in our guilt and shame, in our loneliness, the Lord Jesus Christ sort of wriggled right under there beside us. He came to be with us. He came to be near us. He became one of us. And that so that he could rescue us. Amen? The daring sacrifice of love. Finally, look at verses 11 and 12. And the daily statement of love. The daily statement of love. Verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Focus on that word ought. That's a huge word. I think this word hits at one of the big challenges for the person who is the agnostic or the atheist or the philosophical naturalist. It's the ought in life. Why ought we to love one another? Now, the agnostic might say, well, I mean, that's what reasonable people should do. We should love and be kind to other people. And they may well even live out the value. But the problem is they don't have the ought. There's not really a rational reason for that kind of behavior. If we're just a result of an evolutionary process that started with some microbes in some primordial soup, why would we not relate to one another with a survival of the fittest mentality instead? Now, I've actually heard an atheist suggest an answer to what I think is a conundrum. And the answer that he would have explained is this, is that the process of evolution has actually also given to humanity a conscience. That's why we behave kindly one to another. You know what I think that is? I think you're taking an easy way out there. That's a rather convenient dodge for a serious philosophical problem. This much is totally for sure. For the follower of Jesus by faith, there's no ambiguity whatsoever about who we're called to be and what we're called to do, right? Because God so loved us to the degree that he would send Jesus into this world for us. So we ought to love one another. And we're reminded that this love isn't a warm, fuzzy feeling. This is the selfless, sacrificial, others first, how might I bless you and lift you up sort of love. Country star Travis Tritt, before he was a country star, played in all kinds of out-of-the-way venues and taverns. And he describes how in some of these places, it got pretty raucous pretty quickly. 
and the patrons were inebriated and a fight was about to erupt in any moment. Oh, and it happened more than once. So he was playing in these fairly dangerous environments, but he had a secret weapon. And do you know what his secret weapon was? About the time the place was about to explode in a bar brawl, he and his group would begin to play and sing Silent Night. He said it didn't matter if it was in December or July. It worked almost every time. People would stop. They would look to the stage. They would stand still. Some would sing along. Others would have tears streaming down their face. Friends, that's the power of that silent night. Amen? Not a few of us have experienced in our lives in a transformational way for time and eternity, the love of God reflected in Jesus, the Son of God, who came to this world to be our Savior, to rescue us from our sins. How grateful we are for that silent night that has brought peace to our lives, peace to our homes, peace to our faith community. Now, friends, who in these days of Advent is the Lord Jesus placing on our hearts right now that we might join Jesus on mission to share the love, the reality, the truth of that silent night with someone else who needs to hear it. John makes an astonishing statement here. I want you to see this as I conclude. Last part of verse 12. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. God's love, which is awesome and great, made complete in us. Do you know what John is saying? He's saying this, when followers of Jesus, in dependence upon the spirit of the living God, live in our people relationships the love of Christ, that makes the God who lives and loves absolutely real to them. And this is what God calls us to do and who he calls us to be. Let's pray. Father God, our hearts are filled with overflowing joy this morning as we reflect on your gift of love, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King from all eternity, who so humbled himself that he was born as Bethlehem's babe. He came into this world, took upon himself a body, and that with the ultimate mission of being the one alone who could rescue us from our sins, we think about the name that the angel told Joseph he was to give son Jesus, for he will save his people from our sins. How grateful we are on this fourth Sunday of Advent, Father God, for your gift of love to us and with deep gratitude in our hearts and with worship for our Lord Jesus, we say, oh yeah, Christmas is truly spelled. L-O-V-E. Thank you, Father God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for a weekly message. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son. The season of Christmas is a reminder of the love that God has for us. We live in a fallen, broken world, a world that so desperately needs to experience the love that is represented in that first silent night. As we experience the love of God, let us then be a people that share the love of Jesus with all that God brings across our path. If you're experiencing challenges or hardships and would like prayer for anything going on in your life, 
Or if you'd like to learn more about how you can experience the love of God and begin a relationship with Jesus, please email help at hhachurch.com. That's help, H-E-L-P, at H for Harvest, H for Hills, A for Alliance, Church, C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. And we'd love to talk with you and pray with you and help you experience the love that is available to us in Christ Jesus. Now these words from Ephesians chapter 3. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. May God bless you as you go into the remainder of your day to be the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus.